Hello and welcome to another podcast episode brought to you by APW. And now, a word from our sponsor. Callum, what word are you going to choose? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, any word or... Um... Uh, yeah, any word. You're our, sponsor. You're our sponsor at APW. Just give us a word. That's what they say, a word from our sponsor. Okay, the word is armadillo. Marvellous. Okay. Uh, yeah. Seriously, though, uh, tell us a little bit about APW. Um, okay, so we, I guess the, the short version is we help expatriates and international people purchase a UK property for a variety of reasons, usually to build a pension, create an income, or get their cash in the bank working harder. Uh, we help with the whole process, mortgages, tax, management, sourcing, ongoing care. And we try and sort of do that around a educational focus. So things like this podcast, our YouTube channel, our YouTube series, our eBooks, our articles. So we try and have a bit of an education focus. And really we sort of start by having a chat with, with people trying to figure out what they're trying to achieve because everyone's goals are different. And then, you know, going out to the market and finding something that might fit the bill. Okay, and you've just been on a, a series of events as well uh, around the world. Yeah, so we've been we've been on the road running a series of events. We used to do them, you know, all the time before COVID, and then during COVID we went to doing online webinars, that sort of thing. So we try and do them every two months, every eight weeks in sort of core locations: Singapore, Hong Kong, Dubai, Abu Dhabi, and then we try and sort of answer a, a new question each time so this time around it was is the uk property market still worth it we have ourselves doing a bit of a analysis we did a swot analysis on the uk market this time so that strengths weaknesses opportunities and threats trying to answer the question is it still worth it and then we had a couple of industry experts talking about that as well so developers mortgage people tax people and then we basically just try and give people information so that they can try and process it themselves We've got events again in November, and this time round it is, is it the perfect time to buy now? Because you had Barclays head of mortgages saying recently that we're in the eye of the storm, interest rates are going to come down, and house prices are at a low before they start rising again. So he thinks it's the perfect time to be buying. So that's the question next time round. Okay. Well, um, today it's market mosey time appropriately we're just going to be having a look at what went on in september uh, that will have an impact on your property decisions um so we try to do a podcast on this uh, once every month uh, but if you need your information updates sooner than that take a look at apw's weekly market wrap on youtube where stuart williamson takes you through his perspective on all the important goings on uh, but here in uh, podcast pod uh, let's start with a quick look at inflation. Uh, Richard, Richard Evans, who's also with us today. Uh, Richard, why don't you have a look at the inflation? Tell us about what happened there. Yes, inflation. So the ONS published their August figures on September the 20th, uh, where we saw the Consumer Prices Index. Just the ONS, that's the Office for National Statistics. Yeah, yeah. So the Consumer Price Index, also known as uh, CPI and the consumer price index, including houses, the CPIH rose by 6.3% in the 12 months to August 2023, down from 6.4% in July. So that's a very, very, very tiny shift downwards. 
but it's no. positive. It's positive. The, yeah, yeah. It's positive. It, that's true. Yeah. And then the CPI, um, the CPI, which it, it yeah. excludes the housing costs, uh, that rose by six point seven percent in the twelve months to August twenty twenty three, which was down from six point eight percent in July. Yes, and this was the largest downward uh, contribution to the monthly change in both CPI H and CPI annual rates. And this was due to food mainly, where prices rose by less than in August 2023 a year ago. So a big difference there. Yeah, and accommodation services as well, they fell in August. Uh, but one of the contributors that was uh, the upward contributor was uh, fuel. The price of fuel went up, uh, having been coming down for quite a few months. Core CPIH, Callum, uh, what happened there? Core CPIH, excluding energy, food, alcohol and tobacco, rose by 5.9% in the 12 months to August 23, down from 6.4% in July. Uh, the CPIH uh, goods annual rate rose slightly from 6.1% to 63 while CPIH services annual rate slowed from 65 to 61 So again, a bit of a fall there. Yeah, so um, all heading in the right direction. And the core CPIH, the core inflation rate, was something that the Bank of England had been worried about. So uh, what happened with interest rates? Uh, what was the latest decision from the Bank of England, Richard? Yes, Paul. So the Bank of England Monetary Policy Committee kept rates the same. So more positive news. As of the meeting ending on 20th of September 2023, the Monetary Policy Committee voted by a majority five to four to maintain bank rate at 5.25%. Four members prefer to increase bank rate by 0.25 percent points to up to 5.5%. That was uh, the first time they'd held it after 14 separate rate rises. Uh, they went on to say, because I looked at the Bank of England website and, and their summary, so in the MPC's August most likely or modal monetary policy report con projections conditioned on a market implied path for a bank rate that averaged just under five and a half percent over the three-year forecast period cpi inflation was expected to return to the two percent target by 2025 quarter two it was then projected to fall below the target in the medium term as an increasing degree of economic slack was expected to reduce domestic inflationary pressures alongside declining external cost pressures. The committee had continued to judge that the risks around the modal inflation forecast were skewed to the upside, albeit lie less than in May, reflecting the possibility that the second round effects of external cost shocks on inflation in wages and domestic prices take longer to unwind than they did to emerge. The mean projection for CPI inflation, which incorporated these risks, was 2.0% and 1.9% at the two- and three-year horizons, respectively. Any idea what that means, either of you? Well, you know, Richard, I'll you know, pass that over to you as a recent graduate of economics and the fine institution of Bristol University. No, look, I mean, you're reading between the lines. I mean, I think it's you know, it's basically just saying in the short term, i.e. 2025, they expect to get back to the target, which is 2%. And then in the medium term, so just past that, they're expected to actually fall a little bit below that. There's a lo load of different reasons they give here. Um, they could have written all of this in much shorter form, I think. 
you know if you were writing a text 15 years ago that would have used at least three text messages and cost you 45p so you know you could find a shorter way to write that i'm sure yes yeah, so they they do seem to sort of hedge it about with lots of kind of uh maybe this maybe that uh which is obviously their nature but the good news is that they voted five to four in holding the rates um so uh what does it mean for mortgage holders I think generally, uh, overall good news, you know, I was putting together some stuff for clients earlier today and I was reading an FT advisor article, which was saying that mortgage swap rates are down at 5%, um, which is usually an indicator of where uh, mortgage interest rates are going to go. And the article went on to say that uh, they expect to be having mortgage rates starting with four again now in the near future as opposed to starting with six or five as they are at the moment. So uh, what does that mean for mortgage holders? Around three quarters of mortgage customers hold fixed rate deals. Lenders may now have some confidence to lower mortgage rates, although they're still much higher than much of the last 10 years, which is to be expected because I think the last 10 years have been a bit, bit of an anomaly. Uh, com- comparatively high interest rates mean house buyers and those remortgaging will have to pay a lot more than if they had to take out the same mortgage a year or so ago, 18 months. Uh, as people roll off cheap fixed rate deals onto products with much higher rates, monthly repayments can soar by hundreds of pounds. The banking trade body UK Finance says there are about 800,000 fixed rate deals ending in the second half of this year and about 1.6 deals expiring next year. I mean, I'd be a little bit concerned about the ones this year but the ones next year I would be less concerned about because based on those swap rates mortgage rates will start coming down and that information there was taken from BBC News and also from FT Advisor. Yeah so I mean it's interesting that three quarters of mortgage uh, customers on on fixed rates and that's obviously meant that the Bank of England tool to dampen the economy uh, which is this base rate has been uh, sort of slower to bite, uh, and it it takes longer. Uh, but so yeah, you mentioned those current mortgage rates, uh, Richard. There was an article in Forbes which had some uh, some of the latest. Uh, take us through some some headlines from that. Yeah, so the article in Forbes told us that Virgin Money is cutting residential fixed rates for new and existing customers by up to. 0.29 percentage points and is launching a market leading five-year remortgage fixed rate at 4.9 percent so yes that's what you were saying Callum it's it's a it's a number beginning with a four I was chatting to Mark Miller the Capricorn mortgage guy at one of the events and he was basically explaining what the swap rates thing is and he was saying that you know if banks are feeling positive about where the rate is going, i.e. down then they're more willing to offer those lower rates because they know that they can Uh, recoup the money in the future so if rates are going to be much lower and they're still getting 4.9 from you know third fourth and fifth year then they're going to be making their money back there so I think I'm sure I'm sure someone could explain in in better detail than me there but I think that's that's how the swap rates thing works we've got a a quote in the article from John Charcoal uh, which says uh, it's been a while uh, since we've seen temporary rates fire sale. So this was a temporary uh, deal from Virgin Money, a five-year fix, and they, they've obviously allocated some funds to do it, and as soon as that runs out, then that deal is off the table. Uh, but obviously, where one bank goes, others tend to follow. So you then have this this 
competitive downward pressure on rates, hopefully. But these latest deals from Virgin Money at 4.9 on a five-year fix will put it in pole position for remortgage rates, albeit for a limited seven days. And this doesn't include rates for existing clients through a product transfer or further advance. Mortgage holders have seven days to secure a deal at this rate before it's pulled from the market. Uh, and I suspect if Virgin receives more applicants than it anticipated, then the time frame would be even shorter. And that article was, uh, will probably, by the time this is broadcast, that seven days will be pretty much expired. But, you you know, usually we advise that you go through a mortgage broker to, to, um, uh, to get the best deals because they understand the market better than we do. What about house prices? What's happening there? Okay, house prices, again, this was something we spoke about in our Is the UK Property Market Still Worth It networking sessions. We looked at, as I say, the SWOT analysis and actually house prices have been falling up until sort of a few months ago and actually they've started creeping up again. So you can look at that as a, depending on where you are in your stage of the buying cycle, you know, that's an opportunity or a threat. The fact that they've been falling, it's a threat if you're looking to sell assets and realize some cash. But actually, if you're looking to buy property now, then the fact that they've fallen and are sneaking up is an opportunity. So um, it's something that we've been talking about a lot recently. So to sort of quote uh, Zoopla and some of the other the other research houses, UK house prices have fallen for the first time since 2012, with prices down 0.5% over the t- past 12 months. This is a nationwide average, bear in mind, and doesn't look at the regions. The regions tell a very different story to the national average. House price growth ranges from 1.6% in Scotland to minus 1.5 in the southeast. There you go. Demand from buyers is higher this month as consumer confidence and market sentiment improve. Buyers are waiting for price falls or lower mortgage rates to avoid compromising on the move. I don't think we'll see further price falls personally. I do think we'll see lower mortgage rates. I do think we're in the eye of the storm. Uh, we expect mortgage rates to fall slowly in the coming months. Once they get below 4.5, uh, we'll see more buyers returning to the housing market. Yes, the the, the interesting thing about some of these Zoopla and Rightmove uh, uh, agglomerations, like you say, they're national averages, but they do represent that that all of those individual decisions that buyers and sellers are making is kind of is now a good time to buy and so on. And it's interesting, you're, you're probably right with your uh, Barclays mortgage analyst who was saying, well, you know, if you take a long view, you can bargain hunt now, uh, knowing and hoping that prices are going to then start to creep up again in the short to medium to long term. That's, that's it. So and, high, yeah. and I think, you know, to answer that, you know, a lot of people get caught up in the, oh, well, you know, if I get a mortgage now at 6%, whatever it may be, you know, I think it's not a lifelong commitment, even though mortgage does derive from the French for death pledge, i.e. until you die. Back in the day, people used to live for 25 years, not anymore. I think, um, you know, you can remortgage after 18 months. So if you can find a deal now on a good property and you have to pay 2% extra on the interest, you know, it's not going to be costing you heaps more. If you can afford it and if the rent is there to cover the mortgage, then it's still worth thinking about it because you can get a good deal. And then in 18 months, 24 months, you can remortgage onto a lower rate, you know. So I think... For people that are, are serious about buying property, it's um, it's a good time to be looking. Okay. We've got a slightly gloomier forecast from Knight Frank, but uh, they sort of represent a, a kind of more of an upper end of the market uh, usually. So they 
talked about the volatility this summer means that we now expect UK house prices to fall by 7% this year. Uh, I think they had predicted uh, 5%. Uh, next year we expect prices to fall by 4% less than the 5% we forecast earlier this year. Uh, they predict that the economy is going to stabilise and speculation turns uh, to when the first small rate cut will come. So they're anticipating a, a Bank of England base rate cut uh, sometime next year. Uh, the number of people moving from lower fixed rate mortgages will not fall in 2024, but the economic backdrop should be more stable. But then they point out that a general election is likely in 2024, which also then introduces some uncertainty. But, uh, you know, there's always properties coming on the market that, that actually just are outside all of that uh, fret and worry and those figures. And, and, you know, you just need to spend a little bit more time finding those. And and just to add to that, I've just got the, uh, the Savills UK housing market update from last month, September. So I think it comes out on the first Tuesday of the following month so this is two days old and if you look at their predictions they do it region by region so UK as a whole London South East West Midlands East Midlands etc and 2023 it's negative for everywhere I think most of that negative growth has already happened so if I you know for example look at the southwest it says minus 10 percent you know that's not minus 10 percent in the next three months that's minus 10 percent for the year and most of that has already happened and prices could actually start rising again. It will still be minus 10%. But anyway, if you look at what they're saying over the next five years, to give you an indication of how regions differ, UK as a whole, 6.2%. London, minus 1.7%. Southeast, 3 East of England, 3 Then you get into the Midlands and further north. So the Midlands, east and west, 89 And then the north, you're getting up to 117 So... You know, there is a massive variance depending on region. So you've got to bear that in mind when you look at these figures and when you're looking to buy property. Yeah, so if you're you're in it just for the money, then uh, the, then obviously those uh, disparities, those regional changes are huge. Um, the difference between a kind of minus 1.7% in London and 11% in the, in the north is massive. There was good news on the economy, Richard. Uh, just take us through that. Um, the ONS revised their figures. Uh, what happened? Yeah, so as per the ONS, we saw that the UK economy has grown faster since the start of the COVID pandemic than initially thought. So the revised data indicates that the UK has seen faster growth than France or Germany since the end of 2019. The growth figures had been expected to be upgraded after the ONS published new estimates earlier this month of how the economy had performed since COVID. Uh, however, analysts said the UK will still is still suffering from the lacklustre growth. Uh, the latest figures from the ONS indicate that the UK economy has grown by 1.8% since the pandemic started, whereas the previous estimate was a 0.2% contraction. They also showed that the economy grew by 0.3% in the first three months of this year, up from the 0.1% previously estimated. Yes, so revised backward-looking figures, but showed that the uh, UK economy was uh, always and had been uh, for the last couple of years doing better than than they were su suggesting. Uh, so that's good, positive news. Um, it's always nice to beat France as well. Um, not that we refer to the Norman conquests and the Napoleonic Wars much. But uh, uh, anyway, that's it for today. A uh, quick look at the, what happened in September. Th uh, thank you very much to Callum Williamson. 
Thanks very much, Paul. Thanks for having us. And I think it's nice to be leaving a market mosey on a slightly more positive note for the first time in what feels like quite a long time. Yes. Uh, thank you also, Richard Evans. Yes. Thanks for having me, Paul. Thank you. Yes. Positive news is always good, uh, but uh, there's still massive amounts of uncertainty in the Ukraine war that we started mentioning in February of last year is still rumbling on. Join us again next Monday. Until then, it's goodbye from Callum. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye from Richard. Yes. Thanks for having me, Paul. Thank you. Thanks as ever to our producer, Emma Holton at Brilliant Audio. Goodbye from me. My name is Paul Shearer. Have a lovely day. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast series produced for APW by Emma Holton at Brilliant Audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe, hit like, share it with your friends. If you didn't, keep stum. You can find more episodes in all your usual podcast places.